of your weekend breakfast with Rufilwe Mbakanyane on 702. Let's walk the talk. And uh, let's talk parenting now with Nikki Bush. Let's talk parenting um, and, you know, how it is that we can make sure that our children um, and the kids or the youngsters in our care and our guidance are able to reach to fulfill and realize their full potential. Of course, uh, Nikki Bush is a speaker and uh, author and a child, uh, a, a parenting expert. Good morning, Nikki. Welcome to the program as, per, as we do every Saturday. Good morning, Rufilwe, and I'm listening to you talking about names and thinking about parents who call their children Storm and Apple and Summer. Uh, <laughs> could fit into the same category. Well, yeah, and, and some of, I mean, some of those are pretty, you know, you, you don't generally don't sort of um, bat an eyelid at that. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, the American actress, um, being skewered at the Academy Awards by Chris Rock. Uh, and he introduced her as, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the first woman to breastfeed an apple, Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> because of her daughter's name. I mean, you know, um, poor thing. But yeah, wow. uh, there's, a, there's a girl that I went to school with as well uh, called Savannah. Uh, you know, n- nothing wrong with that name. Absolutely, perfectly acceptable. Until, of course, the drink came along and now you're associated with an alcoholic beverage so <laughs> you know there are all sorts of things you can't there's so many corners that you can't see around uh, sure. <laughs> well i was just thinking in terms of uh, you know we're talking about the outdoors today and yes. you know how important it is and i was so pleased this morning that the sun was shining mm. and that it's a beautiful spring day today for our conversation <laughs> absolutely of course you know spring being on our minds and who can blame us uh, spring is here and you're saying it's time to refresh your child's outdoor play experiences and just encourage them to play outside or in the wise words of uh, so many township moms, just go outside and I'll see you you before sundown or maybe come back home for lunch. Tell us more about this. So, you know, as I say, spring's here. It's time to refresh your kids' outdoor play experiences. There's something about wide open spaces, whether it's in the streets or whether it's a local park or you've you've got the you know the, the benefit of a garden at home, or whether you take advantage of those beautifully manicured places like botanical gardens or I'm thinking Joburg today. I'm about to go to Emerentia Dam for a mm. walk with a friend. Uh, there's Delta Park, there's your local parks and copies. And in those spaces everything is in three D for your children. And it's so important for them to experience the world in technicolor, in 3D, especially today when they spend so much time on a screen. And, you know, they've had these 18 months of being, you know, excessively on screens because they've been doing school from home and things like that. So give your children the opportunity to have a whole multisensory, whole body experience. It's so interesting when you watch children who are taken to big open spaces. Mm. They act differently. Suddenly it's like, um, wow, there's a wow factor to the fact that I can run around with my arms outstretched like, you know, running like an aeroplane and I'm not going to knock anything down. I'm not going to knock anything off a shelf. You know, so many people are living in smaller spaces today. The children actually can't do a cartwheel or a handstand or a somersault inside. Mm. You have to give them the benefit of going into bigger open spaces in order to actually use their bodies to experience sunshine, to feel the breeze on their skin, maybe even to smell the jasmine, you know, the spring jasmine. Yeah, absolutely. A fantastic signifier of uh, what time of year we're in. Yeah. 
Yes, and for children to realize that time passes on through the seasons, Mm -hmm. there is a a natural order of things, and that this too shall pass and things always change. You know, you get to that point in winter, I know I do, where I go, I just can't do another day of this. I need spring. Um, It just comes and it fills your cup and it changes the way you feel, puts a smile on your face. And yet winter is so important because it's that kind of moment for hibernation and rumination and keeping yourselves all locked up and and warm and all those things. But there's just something about that fresh growth that is so absolutely brilliant for our souls, let alone our bodies. I'll tell you what I I particularly like about the way you frame this conversation, Nikki, is um, yes, we have been housebound, uh, COVID-19 and uh, lockdown regulations have necessitated that, right? And we were kind of bristling at, not kind of, we were bristling, we were antsy um, around the government regulations that were so stringent. At some point, we couldn't even buy hot water bottles or junk food (laughs) because, you know, shopping aisles or shop aisles had just been closed off and it had gone down to um, ridiculous levels. But uh, in many ways, I think what you've also brought up is the sort of ridiculous restrictions that we do actually, you know, as parents or as guardians or as responsible people that we put on kids, right? And how we restrict them even in their home, in their house, for Uh sometimes no good reason. Parents, you know, insisting that a child not get dirty. Why? What contest are they entering? Why shouldn't they get (laughs) mud on that T-shirt? Who are you trying to impress? But we do things like that, right? It's sometimes irrational, not very well thought out, but then it becomes a way of life and a way of living. So the idea that, you know, also... um, Making sure that your child gets outdoors just removes you from the from the equation where you just get out of the child's way and get out of your own way. Very yes, important exactly. to remember. So the rules of engagement when you're in big outdoor spaces are completely different. And that's what's important for children is they do need to understand that obviously the rules indoors and outdoors are different. So that's part of learning discipline uh, and self-control. But we do need to acknowledge that Mm. children are born to move. They actually were born to move. It's part of their psyche. It's part of how the brain and the body learn to work together is through movement. And they are constrained in small spaces in terms of movement. So we have to make that sort of very conscious effort to get them outside so that they can have that privilege and opportunity to experience their bodies in a different way. And you mentioned it. Dirt is good. Mm. Dirt is actually a very good thing for children. Uh, they must be allowed to, um, to to get mud on their hands. They must be allowed to roll down a hill and get grass stuck all over their clothes, which I know as mothers we can't stand because we're the ones who are going to have to pick the grass off the jersey. Sure, of course. <laughs> yeah. But if you think about, and, and I, I just remember we, I had a very good friend when I was a child who had a long sloping hill that went from the patio down to the bottom of the garden and there were two things we loved to do there and the one was rolling down the hill sure yes and the other one was that we would go and get big trays or big pieces of cardboard and we would slide down the hill in winter because when the grass was dry you could slide down the hill and I watched some kids in, in a local park here in the Ethel Grey Park doing exactly the same the other yeah. day. And it was just such a reminder 
of the fun and the sort of uninhibited fun of wide open spaces that don't cost anything. And I think that's another thing to remember as a parent is that fun doesn't always have to cost anything. Mm. Maybe it's just a change of space that's required. Yeah, and that triggers something immense, right, in the child as well and in yourself. But yeah, fun doesn't have to cost anything and um, it's all accessible if you just relax a little bit or just change up environment. <laughs> yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. no, carry on. Yeah. So water play and sand play mm-hmm. are also incredibly important. Now, here's a, here's a question for parents. And you, when you mentioned, you know, the fact that the children aren't allowed to get dirty, you can have designated spaces at home where they're allowed to get dirty, where they're allowed to break those rules. And the one thing is, of course, having a sand pit. Sure. If you have the space to have a sand pit, please go and, go and build a sand pit. And you go, you know, to some of the big retailers and you go and buy a half a clamshell. Um, and that is your sand pit. And you can change that up. And sometimes it can be a sand pit and sometimes it can be a little water play mm. area. Mm. Children love the sense of, well, it's sensopathic play. The skin is the largest organ of the body. And when they have the opportunity to play with water and to play with sand, just think about it. As I'm saying it, I can, I'm moving my hands because yeah. I can feel the water going between my fingers, dripping between my fingers. I can feel the sand running between my fingers. And don't forget their toes and their, their feet. In fact, it is a common thing these days for babies to scream the first time their feet touch sand or grass because it's such a delayed experience that many of them are only getting that experience when they're about a year old and then it's a painful sensory experience so babies need as many different sense uh, different textures as possible from an early age so that they don't actually get frightened by the prickly grass, for example. Mm, yeah, sure. Okay, so water play, sand play, grass and trees, let's make, uh, let's factor that in. Let's uh, understand that your child needs to experience a range of textures. Um, Colours as well, Nikki, you've, you've touched on seasons and how those help a child understand the passing of time, the passage of time and nature cycles. Yes, so if you think about at the moment, um, you know, the August wind took away all the last, Uh, leaves and things off the trees the dead stuff and there's been a big mop up operation if you live in a place like I do where there are jacaranda trees (laughs) there's a lot of sweeping that goes on but we're about to get that new growth and the, you know, the new shoots of the new leaves. And um, the, the peach tree in the garden just threw up the most beautiful pink blossoms in the past week. And this can symbolize the passage of time. And if you think about the, the peach tree, um, for those kids who are going to be writing exams, who've got prelims, etc., and matric, and even, even kids who, who are um, not in matric, it's time to start revising because exams are on the horizon so there's a signal a symbol that even comes with spring that's so interesting and the colors of course you know in spring are vibrant before the heat of summer Mm. they are fresh they're vibrant so think about your child with creativity with their art where do they get inspiration from Mm. from their environment from what they see around them um and and it's just so magnificent nature's magnificent and there's so many things happening in the natural world that are of huge concern so when you watch tv and you hear about climate change 
and we start asking our children to protect the world, to protect nature. Why are they going to be interested in protecting nature if they don't first fall in love with nature? Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Pertinent question. Really pertinent question, Nikki. Um, so it's your job essentially to um, to guide uh, the, the next stewards of our, our, our earth. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there, there is a, um, there's, a, there's a term these days for children who don't get exposed to nature. And it's the fact that they may have nature deficit disorder. Mm. They would rather be indoors because that's where their devices are and that's where the plug points are. That's where the Wi-Fi is, Nikki. Yes, and the Wi-Fi, as as you and I know, is a utility. I mean, it's like water, electricity, and flip, it's like oxygen. (laughs) We go nuts when there's no Wi-Fi. So you can imagine that children are being brought up on a diet Mm. of plug points, electricity, and Wi-Fi. They are, which is why, as a generation of parents, we need to be more conscious and more deliberate in why we need to expose our children to the outdoors because it's a little bit like the fact that we live in a very ambiguous world full of paradoxes you know there's no love without hate there's no happiness without sadness well there's no indoors without outdoors either sure Sure. and that's something our children need to understand one of the things that they do quite early on in um, sort of grade one grade two is they learn about associations and opposites Mm. And nature, in a way, is becoming almost the complete opposite to being indoors today. It is so different to being indoors. And it's that difference that our children need to experience. And let's not forget there are physical benefits to being outdoors as well, because we're seeing rising rates of obesity, depression, and anxiety. And being outdoors is, is actually part of the antidote to those things because when our kids are outdoors maybe they're on a bike they're on a scooter they're playing catches they're climbing a tree or a jungle gym they're using their bodies gross motor control eye hand coordination maybe they're kicking a ball hitting a ball and then there's the relationship factor as well where it might be the parent who's kicking the ball to the child Mm. it might be a bunch of mates and I think about my nephew who's a teenager and he and his mates go down to the local park with their bikes and they go and do all these ramps and tricks and things like a skateboard park as well those things we as parents who are time starved it's a mission to think oh I've got to take my child in the car down to the local skate park but actually you need to think about all the upsides and the benefits of that time well spent in the outdoors using the body not being on a screen in community with other children, taking yeah. turns, celebrating. Oh, look how they did that trick. And, and repetition, repetition, repetition of getting better at doing something. But I think uh, there's so much we can do just in our own backyard yeah, too. With a little and imagination. The bird, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe this weekend go and make yourself um, one of those little peanut butter seed bird feeders. Um, and even if you don't have a garden, put it on your windowsill and see what happens because at the moment the bird life is prolific. Yeah. 
Um, one of my favorite Instagram accounts is uh, a forager who started, you know, her interest or sharpened her interest at university when she was like living on noodles and hot dog sausages. <laughs> and, and, you know, the things that, you know, the things that she finds and tracks on her account where you, I mean, we know this, we talk about it, but where you just fundamentally understand there's just so much going on in that little patch of grass or wilderness that might be available to you that, you know, just throws up so many opportunities, whether they're culinary, whether they're just to learn and have a little natural sciences, you know, session with your child and for yourself, quite frankly, right? Because we are fundamentally also alienated to some, to a large extent or a smaller extent from nature. But yeah, um, it's a lovely opportunity, the spring uh, opportunity to just remind yourself about what the outdoors mean and the place they have in our lives. All right, Nikki. So the toy feature for this week, what have you got in your crosshairs? What are you excited about? Well, I was thinking about the outdoors and um, I have looked at the Tonka Steel Toys, T-O-N-K-A. And these are large scale, sturdy, chunky vehicles that are replicas of real construction toys that are made to scale. And they're made with real steel and they're actually guaranteed for life. Yes. In fact... They had been in production since 1947, and in 2001, they were inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in New York. So these are what I would call the field where heirloom toys. Absolutely. And when I say they're chunky, um, you know, I'm looking, I've actually got them here, and I don't know if you can, you can hear this, but this is the bulldozer. Yes. And it's got real treads, real rubber treads. And I have this in my garden, and I don't have a, a sand pit at the moment, but I have a little gravel pathway. So I was pushing gravel around yesterday. They've got real working parts, so you can raise and lower the front loader. You can, you can tip the mighty dump truck. And kids would, I mean, my boys, just they always had some large format trucks for, for sand play, and we had a little mess spot in the corner of the garden where the grass never grew. Yeah. And they just love to create mounds of earth and, you know, crush their dinky toys with the big trucks and things like that. But the, the key here is that these are tough, rugged toys, and Tonka trucks are meant to last the difference and they, the distance. They're built to do the digging and the heavy haulage that kids love to do when they do fantasy play Absolutely. in their sand pits and with water and all of those things. So I am recommending today the bulldozer, the front loader, and the mighty dump truck from Tonka. These are available at Toy Kingdom, Toy Zone, Hamleys, on Take a Lot and the Kid Zone, and they range, depending on the size of the truck, from seven ninety nine to one thousand two hundred and ninety nine rand. So these are investment toys. And they're going to go from one generation to the other. If you buy them for your children, I promise you they'll still be around for your grandchildren. So the body is made of steel. The rest is made of plastic. Obviously, you don't want a metal blade on a, on a, you know, a front end loader or a bulldozer for a child. But I can attest to the fact that they really are solid and chunky and they will go the distance, which is fantastic. So they're made by Tonka and they're made for life. Quick question, Nikki. What is better than a brand new Tonka truck? 
what is better than a, a brand, brand new, new Tonka, Tonka truck? truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> An old one where the paint has chipped and worn and the scratches from play are so visible and exactly that story that I got this truck from my dad who got it from his dad and the fact that they do last so incredibly well. These are some fabulous toys. I'm all in. <laughs> well, well, actually, there are collectors around the world yeah. of the original Tonka trucks. Where yeah. they, they, they are museums with 3,000 Tonka trucks in them. Yeah. And as you say, they are scratched and well-worn and well-played with. So yeah. that's what we want for our kids. It's not a showpiece toy. This is the kind of toy that must be used. To the point of our conversation today. Always a pleasure, Nikki Bush. Looking forward uh, to next week's conversation.